Welcome back to the Superheroes Everyday Podcast. I'm Danny Horn. I'm here with Trevor Bolliger. Hello, Trevor. Hello, hello. Let's talk Act 3. All right. We're talking about the 2000 leather-clad political action thriller, X-Men. Story so far. The leaders of the world have all gathered together on Ellis Island to gossip about mutants and how gooey and weird they are. And meanwhile, some of these highly hazardous freaks of nature have gathered one mile away at the top of the Statue of Liberty to put into practice Magneto's terrible plan to use a magic radiation machine to fry all the world leaders and mutate them into who knows what kind of ghastly nightmares. Although, they're already politicians, so who would even notice, am I right? Thank you. That was my Tonight Show monologue. Welcome to Act 3. We do see the United Nations ceremony going on. There's a brass band. There's a bunch of people in fancy clothes. See it for about a hot second. It's kind of dark, hard to see what's going on. And honestly, it looks to me like the kind of thing where everybody turning into a mutant would liven that party up considerably. Yeah, it's a party of all background extras that don't have a line of dialogue. And those background extras are the are the leaders of the world. So we see there's a, a boat captain. There's a security guard. These folks, extras on boats never do well. When Mystique is around, Sabretooth and Mystique have just killed them, taken their places. And they are headed to Liberty Island because, as you know, supervillains are naturally drawn towards tourist attractions. They just love it. Can't get enough of them. Watch out, tourist attraction. (laughs) But let's also remind folks that this is pre-9-11. It shows the Twin Towers in the background of one of these shots. And so, like, security back then was just, like, a concept. It wasn't actually anything that... You can just walk wherever you want. Take your boat, murder a couple guards. Bloodless murder with no consequence, as always. Mm-hmm. There's Rogue all tied up, and Magneto is gloating and speechifying to Rogue that America was going to be the land of tolerance and peace. And she says, are you going to kill me? And he says, yes. And she says, why? And he says, because there is no land of tolerance. There is no peace, not here nor anywhere else. This is like a remnant of a different movie, like him, <laughs> like because he's kind of like reasonable for like he's a madman, but he's like reasonable for most of it. But just to tell a young girl that he's going to kill her is just so out of place. Like, well, it's because it's because of Nazis. It's because there were Nazis, as he knows. And therefore, <sighs> he has to kill this little girl from Mississippi. I forgot about the Nazis. You're right. I mean, if I were him, <laughs> I would have I would have lied to her and told her, like, you'll be fine. Yeah, it's going to hurt a little bit, but you know, you're going to help all mutants causes, which she might be fine. There's actually no particular reason why anybody knows that she's going to die. Why is she going to die? Yeah, it just it just hurt him. And he's an elderly man. So, like, what does he know? (laughs) I have no idea. He says that after tonight, the world's powerful will be like us. They will return as brothers and join our cause, which actually is not the worst idea in the world. It would actually be kind of fun to see all of those people turn into goofy monsters. And honestly, if they just told people, hey, why don't you come and line up and you can get, we're going to do this crazy machine thing and you're going to get mutant powers, there would be people lining up at the door for that. Yeah, but are you going to get the the world leaders that you want or are you going to get, you know... Oh, no, you're just going to get a whole bunch bunch of people, but still. Yeah, a bunch of losers, but still you could... (laughs) (laughs) A bunch of lumberjacks from Alaska, but... Yeah, you you get them all mutated up, now we got some more mutants. Yeah, that's a thing that we haven't really we haven't thought about that yet. Back at the school, they are using the Black Panther 3D illustration machine as seen in Wakanda. 
unclear what it is or who powers it or what. Yeah, what what class is that for? Is that for? <laughs> I don't know. It's the special. It's the special exposition machine. Magneto's. They are showing Magneto's on Liberty Island. The leaders are on Ellis Island. Magneto doesn't know that his machine kills everybody because he didn't see what happened to, to Goopy Senator Kelly. And so they are worried if he gets enough power, he could wipe out everyone in New York City. And so this is Cyclops' little moment to to shine because he's making the plan for what they're going to do. And he figures out where they're going to insert, which is a very Cyclops thing to say. <laughs> and yeah. then they, they put on their awesome leather outfits and uh, and they get into the X-Jet and squabble with each other. I do appreciate that now that the stakes have been properly set because, you know, we didn't really care that much about Rogue. No. And we didn't really care that much about these world leaders. But when they say like, no, it's millions of New Yorkers Everybody. are in danger. Mm-hmm. Then we're like, yeah, I know somebody in New York. <laughs> yeah, no, we give a shit. The audience gives a shit. Yeah, I don't want them all turning into goop. This is when they do the little uh, the lampshade Easter egg about about the outfits where Wolverine... They're all in these like awesome looking black leather outfits because in the comics, they all wear like yellow spandex, which would look utterly ridiculous. And they have made the smart move yeah. to have them look like regular cool people. Yeah, no, it, the outfits look great. And like, I think I want to be that for Halloween this year. Just dress up in black leather. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, thought, I thought that's what we <laughs> all did Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is also one of my favorite parts of the movie because... This is what I'm going to call Jokerama, where they just fire mm-hmm. off a bunch of gags in very quick succession. Because we know that there's going to be this giant battle scene, so might as well mm-hmm. like make us laugh for a few minutes now. Everybody's being funny. Um, yeah. My favorite gag is uh, they get off the, the the Quinjet, they go into the base of the Statue of Liberty, mm-hmm. and all of the X-Men go through the metal detector, and then right. Wolverine walks through, and it goes off. Hilarious. And then he Destroys the machine. Also hilarious because he's an uncontrollable rage monster. <laughs> and then he decides to flip Scott the bird. Yep. And that's at that point they can just roll the credits because I have received my you know the price of admission was well worth yeah, it. Yeah, the Wolverine comedy that is really good. Yeah, the other claws are tracking just the middle one. Actually, it's a nice little moment because because Cyclops kind of chuckles a little bit. That's a little like boy moment between the two of them. Yeah, they they all kind of have fun with each other. Like it's yeah. a good energy between the four of them. I have one question though: Who's with the kids at school? All them mutant <laughs> Unconscious kids. Unconscious Professor X. <laughs> Unconscious Professor X and all those little kids is like is Bobby in charge? Like who's going to take care of things? Left them all behind with no sitter. They just zoomed off on their little jet. Yeah, a senator was just there and died. Yeah, right. And if there was anything like law enforcement in this movie, it's going to be a hard night for them kids. It's a good thing that some of them have superpowers. I mean, what? who have we seen? Who have we seen? Okay, so we saw the, the girl that can walk through doors. Mm-hmm. So she's not going to be kitty. that useful. We saw the boy that can... <laughs> can create. There's a boy yeah. who can create flame. There's Bobby who can make ice. There's the boy who can cheat at basketball. We saw him. Yeah, and the one who can walk on water. Yeah, they're... Let's just hope the law enforcement doesn't arrive until nope. the grown-ups get back. No. <laughs> so here they are in the Statue of Liberty Museum. Oh, there's another cute joke, uh, which is that uh, Wolverine, he sniffs, and he says, there's someone here. And Cyclops says, who? And Wolverine says, I don't know, keep your eye open. Yeah, they're being really cute with each other. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At this point in the movie, they're just writing out Jean Grey and they're just going to have the romance <laughs> be between Wolverine and Scott. And then, best case scenario, Wolverine is attacked by another Wolverine. So now we got two of them. I mean, if there's if there's one thing that you can do to make a movie better, it's to put in another Wolverine. Yeah, and they both have claws, and they can both fight real good. And it's a real good fight scene. It's a great fight scene, and they do a really smart thing where Mystique like can hold her own against Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Because he's such a killing machine. Like he just right, has all yes. this rage and all this power and like these blades that can cut through anything that they really need to make him meet his match. And she just has this agility that he doesn't really know what to do with. And so yeah. it makes for a really, really exciting fight scene. And then meanwhile, Toad is there and he's using his tongue and he's jumping up high and he's smashing everybody around. You're kind of right. I wish I wish I'd had the perspective when I was watching the movie of like Hey, maybe Toad is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. This is the moment, though, where I should have had a better perspective on this, but where he he sees Jean and she's looking at him and he does this weird little dance. Uh-huh. I love the dance. It doesn't really make any sense. No, he's unhinged. <laughs> but I can I can see I can see how that if if you're in the right mindset for it, if you're in the uh, the pro Toad mindset. And then he just shoots a uh, gross vomit in her face. Okay, that is that is inexcusable. That's disgusting. <laughs> Effective though, he actually like he can do a lot. This guy. Every time he shows up, he kicks somebody's ass. So. Yeah, more powerful than than you would expect from a, a mm-hmm. guy who's called Toad who eats birds with his tongue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were pretty hard to make him look powerful. He smacks Storm in the face. He's actually he's very strong as well. He kicks her real hard, and the gunk that's on Jean's face. Like Cyclops needs to use a laser to blast it off. Otherwise, that stuff's not coming off. So Wolverine is uh, versus Wolverine. Still a pretty good fight. Mystique kind of turns into herself in the middle of a kick. And so then it's Wolverine versus Mystique. And they do this kind of still kickboxy acrobat fist fight. She just kind of gets away. A storm comes up the elevator with lightning eyes on. He's all upset. He says, don't you people ever die in a way that makes me realize he has an English accent, which I hadn't realized until that very moment. Oh, well, do you know who plays? No, Toad? who is Toad? It's the actor Ray Park, who played Darth Maul in 1999 Star Wars Episode One. Oh, is he really? So he was at the peak of just nerd culture. <laughs> um, but didn't they didn't let that. him talk in Star Wars. And no. uh, they gave him one line in this movie. Did he, uh, did he do a little dance as Darth Maul? That would have been cool. I would have enjoyed that. No, there's there's not enough dancing in Star Wars when you think about it. Yeah, there's really not. Then there's a line that I feel like is murdered by editing. Where Storm is using wind and lightning and thunder. And you know exactly what I'm talking about because Trevor is chuckling right now. It's poetry. It's the best line it in the whole movie. Be, it should be. But I feel like the editing destroys it. Where So now she blows him out the door. Toad is, is now outside. He's using his big old tongue to hang onto the railing. And she says, do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? And then she gives us all a really long time to think about it. I didn't, I actually, I often in these, in these circumstances, I usually actually count how many seconds it is that this gives us to think about it. I forgot to do that here, but it is too goddamn long. And finally she gets the answer, which is same thing that happens to everyone else. (laughs) It's so stupid. And then he's electrocuted. 
if that was tight, if that was a tight line, that could actually work better. But sorry. Sorry, Storm. That's my favorite line for the movie. And uh, <laughs> there's nothing you can do about it. So then Storm comes up to Wolverine and asks, Logan, is that you? But he knows that she is not her. And so he sticks her with the claws. And because that's actually Mystique pretending to be Storm. And she lies down and she heals. But is she done? Is that it for Mystique? I mean, the audience finally gets what they they wanted to see Wolverine do. Just like stick somebody. Stick somebody through the body. Like <laughs> you see the blades come out her back. Yeah. So it's just bloody violent murder. Yeah. Well, not bloody. Because once again, superhero yeah, PG-13. Yeah. yeah bloodless yeah. murder, no consequence. All right, so now we're climbing the stairs. We are inside the Statue of Liberty. Oh, you missed another another of oh, another no, cute okay. joke. Oh, this joke. Them. Do it. Yeah. So uh, this is cute. You know, when Cyclops and Storm and, and and Jean last saw Wolverine, he was fighting another Wolverine. So mm-hmm. when Hugh Jackman joins them in the the gift shop, that is now completely destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm Wolverine. He said, "Prove it." He goes, "You're a dick." Then Scott just says, "Okay." It's really cute. Yeah. It's yeah, it's because what else like there's there's no like eloquent way to say it. Yeah. And it's it's highlighting both of those characters. It's uh And once again it's a bro joke. It's like it's, it's like joke. the it's like the middle finger claw. Yeah. Yeah. These guys are bros now. They're doing little bro jokes. It's very cute. <laughs> They're going up the stairs. They're trying to get up through the torch to uh to where Rogue and Magneto are, and then they can't move and they are all stuck against the wall. And immobilized by magnets. Once again, Magneto using his powers, his magnetic powers to move people who are not metal. I mean, I think, did he grab them with like the metal straps that are in there structural to the Statue of Liberty's head? Yes, they are. They are. He smacks them up against the wall and then he kind of like bends copper straps. Yeah. Like they have on the inside of the torch as you're going up the uh-huh. stairs he takes those the ones that are there and restrains everybody they took pains to demonstrate that the x-men were planning this fight they were you know coming up with all the tactics they were going to use but they just stick together as one team they don't split up and you know they're in a metal structure and their villain <laughs> is a, a metal guy yeah and they're wearing clothes that have all zippers and stuff on them mm-hmm. zippers and studs and who knows what yeah, and when you get right down to it, basically their their tactics are we're gonna go there. <laughs> we're gonna find Rogue, we're gonna beat these guys, and then we're gonna leave. That's all that the 3D table can support. That's the only type of plan that the... <laughs> Right. It's just that's where we're going. We're going there and then we're gonna do some stuff. Gene tells Magneto that uh they've seen Senator Kelly and he is dead. If if Magneto goes through with this this plan of his all of those people are going to die. Humans, when they get exposed to this radiation, are just going to die. Then Magneto does a villain monologue where he says, don't you understand what I'm trying to do? These people, they control our fate, the fate of all mutants. And then Little Rogue is upstairs, and she's very sad, and she's screaming for help. And Wolverine says, if you were really so righteous, it would be you in that thing. Excellent point. My question is, why isn't it him in that thing? It's hard to say. Magneto just ignores him. He flies up to Rogue using magnets. And then what we see, Sabretooth is is left behind. Rogue is screaming upstairs. And 
Wolverine, he's, you know, he's bonded to Rogue, they're friends, and so he has to get to her. And he does something called tri-acting, where he just screams and he, like, tries really hard, like, that's tri-acting. Finally manages to do it, because that's what happens at the end of that, is you get to do the thing that you are trying to do. So he screams and he cuts himself out. Magneto is approaching Rogue, makes her stand at the at the machine. Wolverine attacks Sabretooth, claws him in the stomach. They scramble out onto the statue for more fighting. It's it's a fun scene because I never knew that I wanted to see a fist fight on the head on of the Statue, the statue of, Liberty. of Liberty. But you want that playset. We're gonna talk about that playset. I do. I want that place at the end. But yeah, they are scrambling out onto the head of the Statue of Liberty, scrambling around and fighting punch, 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 throwing people around. Wolverine just standing there and extending his claws is just one of the cool things of the universe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's super fun. Magneto has strapped Rogue in, touches her. She is drawing his power. Bad thing is about to happen. Sabretooth is actually doing pretty well in in this fight. Sabretooth holds his own for like most of this movie. He's a tough guy. People yeah. underestimate Sabretooth and his toughness. And uh, and Wolverine, he jumps and he stabs Sabretooth several in the times. Chest. Yeah, yeah. And then a real fun thing is uh, Sabretooth kind of like throws him, and Wolverine manages to he like uses a claw to stick into the spine. Oh, she's wearing a crown. The Statue of Liberty, she has a crown. Yeah, he sticks his claw, drags it along a little bit until he finally catches. It's fun. Yeah, and the the idea of, like, we all know that the Statue of Liberty is hollow. And so there's, like, drama going on inside and then the Mm -hmm. action happening outside. It's uh, Brian Singer, far from perfect. Far, far from perfect. (laughs) But uh, he knows how to put together an exciting conclusion for this movie. Cyclops gets them out of the. How do they even? I don't even know actually how they all. They all get out of the magnet somehow. Jean. Oh, actually, here we go. This is when Jean Grey actually uses her levitation oh, is this abilities. Her telekinesis. Her telekinesis, and she uses it to levitate his goggles close enough to his eyes, and then when he opens his eyes, the terrible nuclear laser vision comes out and destroys. It finally kills uh, Sabretooth, and then Logan just uses his monster claws to just to grab everybody off the walls and to break down the metal wolverine needs to get up higher to the to the machine so they can get rogue Mm -hmm. now if you want to move wolverine from where he is to a higher location what power would you use trevor in order to to make that happen to move this person from here to up there well, I wouldn't be asking Scott first. I'll tell you that. Nope. You don't ask Scott because no. Scott doesn't move things. He's just a power of destruction. But let's say you got somebody on the team who has, I don't know, telekinesis. Wouldn't you say, hey, Gene, how about you move <laughs> him from here up to where Rogue is? No. They do not do that. She's there. She helps. They start by saying, hey, Storm, why don't you use your wind power? <laughs> And to blow him up there. And then and then they say, oh, and Gene, also, you can help by, like, keeping him steady. Yeah. You can. What? That's a very confusing little moment. That feels like a misapplication of superpowers. We need you to, you know, hold the ladder, Gene. <laughs> <laughs> Storm's already done something cool. She already did the whole lightning thing. She, had, yeah. she even had a cool, you know, finishing line there. All right, so Storm 
it works, <laughs> I guess. Storm lifts her up with her mist powers and and uh, and Jean steadies him. And uh, and Wolverine makes the machine at that point. Of course, it is spewing out white radiation. Mm. Everybody is just there doing furious try acting where they're like, oh, she's trying to like keep him in stable. And Wolverine is is fighting to get to the machine and he's using his claws. He's going to stop it. But Magneto's holding him back with magnetism and it bends his claws and Rogue's hair is turning white. And there's this ball of radiation and it's approaching the important people. Wolverine's trying real hard. And Trevor, you know what? If you believe in yourself (laughs) and you're true to your friends, you can accomplish anything. You know, as every movie has ever taught me. Yeah. Even if you're just holding the ladder. Yep. You can accomplish anything. You can accomplish anything. And uh, Cyclops says, I have the shot. I'm taking it. Which is a a line from an entirely different movie. (laughs) And he shoots Magneto, who falls down and falls away. And then Wolverine murders the machine. He just obliterates it. But yeah. (laughs) And, And all the radiation disappears. And all the world leaders are fine. And everything is fine. Except for this tourist attraction, which is in ribbons. Once again. Yeah. Superhero movies, they're tough on the tourist attractions. Is that why they're fixing it at the end of Spider-Man No Way Home? <laughs> yes. Oh. Yes. It's, that was from all the way back in, in 2000. <laughs> Still trying to put that together. So if that machine had been working for that long in that giant bubble of, of white squiggly radiation, yeah. it just vanished? It didn't just like dissipate and kind of turn a few people into <laughs> minor mutants? Well, that's why Bill Clinton has six fingers on one hand. Oh, Rogue is unconscious. Is she going to make it? We don't know. Wolverine's got her. Come on, kid. He wills her to open up her eyes and he touches her. There's all this intense music and nothing seems to work. So he gives her a hug and then he starts to crumble. She is taking his power, sucking it all out of him. He's getting all sad and black and he collapses and she's okay. And he saved her life again, which is great. But maybe let's not do this every fucking time you do anything. Gonna have to keep sucking all this power out of Wolverine. Yeah, stop sucking the power out. Stop sucking the fun out of the movie. Just <laughs> let, so let now, him celebrate his win. Yeah, now Wolverine's all fucked up. Strings are going mad. Mm. And uh, but guess what? We get back to Westchester, and he's okay. And and Xavier's okay too. Everybody's okay. All right, awesome. Yeah, it all works out. Throughout this movie, you know, Magneto has this giant cockamamie plan of like. He's got this machine that he's going to affix to the top of the Statue of Liberty. Mm-hmm. It, but there's going to be this party of all these world dignitaries and leaders. And that machine is going to turn them all into mutants. Like It's very complicated, very expensive. But plan B was effective all along. Plan B is Mystique just takes over the senator's persona and votes against the bill. And then it crumbles. <laughs> and then the whole like registration act disappears so like that would have been way easier (laughs) not that good of a movie but you know they had already kidnapped kelly and done something terrible to him yeah they could have done this the whole time i mean i guess they kind of they kind of talk about it in the final chess match between professor x and magneto where professor or magneto acknowledges like yeah you you won this battle but like Mm -hmm. the war is far like someday they're still gonna come for you and um professor x threatens the government with a bunch of misfit children. (laughs) 
Wolverine's going to leave. Xavier tells him about some compound, some facility somewhere, and he's going to see if he can track it down and figure out what his origin story is. That's a, that's a story for a different movie. I mean, this movie has had a very depressingly low amount of facilities and definitely no helicarriers anywhere to be seen. <laughs> I know. All we've had is a torso. There's really superhero movies are basically made up of three things, as you know. Facilities, helicarriers, and tourist attractions. And so we only had one out of three. So Rogue runs up as he's leaving. They have a, a little poignant goodbye. He gives her his dog tags and says he'll be back for him. And uh, and then he has a little mischievous eyebrow and he steals Cyclops' motorcycle and he rides away. And that's the end of Wolverine for a couple of years. Then there's Magneto getting a plastic castle in his plastic prison. How they got him in there, I have no idea. You know, they made a point to show that he was really, really passed out at the top of the Statue of Liberty. And so I guess they moved really quickly to get him in. Uh... <laughs> and to con- to construct this. Yeah. Do they already have this built? Have a trail world. Yeah. But he will emerge again. We will have more. We will have more of these movies coming up. Oh, they, they never stop making these movies. Good ones, bad ones. We got them all coming. You want to talk about toys? I would love to talk about toys. There is an extensive line of toys. For this movie. As to be expected. As they to be expected. action figured the life out of this. Toy Biz had the license. They did two series of figures, plus some vehicles and play sets and special packs. They basically did every character. I was actually very impressed when I looked at, at all of the characters that they included. There's 11 figures in Wave 1, and it's like ever. So they did, you know, obviously... Xavier, Cyclops, and Jean Grey, and Rogue, and Storm. They did two Wolverine figures, as you would. They did Magneto, and Mystique, and Sabretooth, and Toad. I I was expecting that they might leave out one of the villains, but no, they did all of them. And uh, they even did, packed with the Jean Grey figure, was a mutated Senator Kelly figure. <laughs> Which I'm not sure what you do with. It was him. It's him, like, looking really gross and, like, half-formed and, like, squid and all gooey. I didn't give you a picture of of this one. I'm sorry. I got to see photos of this. Oh. So there's two Wolverines. Does he have his shirt off on one of them? Uh, He has in one of them. He's in his like civilian clothes. And then in the other one, he's in the the uniform. Oh. I should send you all these. On my phone? Yeah, there you go. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's kind of like a slug. It looks pretty great. (laughs) Yeah. You know, my my birthday's coming up. (laughs) Is this what you want? And there's two different, so I just gave you photos of uh, two different figures. There's two different Jean Grey figures, kind of. People refer to them now as variants because one of them is Jean with a bra on and the other one she does not have a bra on, which are not really like specifically variants. It's just that when they released the toy, both Jean and Storm were just showing a lot of cleavage. And so when they went back and made like a, a second run of the toys, they painted a bra on for both characters. That is a lot of cleavage. There's a lot of cleavage in there. Yeah, that's why they did that. Magneto's got a little cape and a hat. Xavier's got his wheelchair and a Cerebro helmet. Uh, Wolverine in his all-black uniform, he's got claw action and binding straps that he can cut through. And then with the regular clothes one, it comes with like a little x-ray machine. So you could see his adamantium skeleton. And there's a whole little thing that shows up on the screen. They went pretty deep. Mystique comes with a Wolverine transformation effect. Which is basically they made a little shell of a Wolverine figure that you could stick the Mystique figure <laughs> into so that then she looks like Wolverine, which I think is pretty great. 
So they made three Wolverine variations, yes, including <laughs> including one that had Mystique inside of him. Uh, Sabretooth comes with just a random security guard to knock down, and Toad has a slime trap that I didn't actually investigate that closely. No, that's not in the movie, but the playsets I think are the crazy thing. I love the playsets. They did a Lady Liberty playset, which is basically just the top of the. It's just the head of the Statue of Liberty and the crown. It comes with zero <laughs> figures. If you look on the, if you look on the package, it looks like there's Wolverine and Magneto threatening each other up on the on the top of uh, Lady Liberty. But when you buy the toy, those figures are not included. It's just it's just the inside of her head. And from the pictures, I tried to figure out like what there's just like on the inside of the head, it's like a hollow thing, and and there's just like straps and stuff in there. I'm not exactly sure what you could do with it. I'm sure somebody there must have been kids who who had that set and just loved it. You strap Cyclops to the to the up side to the of thing. the yeah. yeah, and then you act it out. Can you imagine waking up on Christmas morning and getting just the decapitated head of the... Lady Liberty? <laughs> because your parents think <laughs> they didn't. You know, they saw it. It says on the box like figures sold separately, but they were like, "But surely, I mean, no, I know it wouldn't. says that, but surely they wouldn't just sell me a plastic <laughs> Statue of Liberty head." I have to buy separate toys to have them actually like make turn this into a toy. But that is actually what they did. I mean, I have some childhood trauma of getting a Christmas toy, but no batteries. Yeah. Um, what if it had no batteries and no Wolverine and no Magneto? <laughs> That's not a good Christmas. You got to go back to the store. And uh, and then the other place that was Magneto's mutant machine, which is pretty cool. Also did not come with figures, but it was it's the torch of the Statue of Liberty with like the, the crazy metal machine on top of it. And it Mm -hmm. had like spinning action. And so you could like press on that and you put, you know, you put rogue up in there and then you press on it and it spins around and creates radiation and, uh, and mutates all the world leaders that you have at your house. (laughs) World leaders also sold separately. They got, you know, what hundreds of those really Zimbabwe, (laughs) Japan, you know. Oh, you got so many, so many possibilities. So many, and you yeah. get to make up all your own all your own mutant powers. Do we have historical documents of the sales numbers for for each figure because I do not. I'm curious which sold the best. I mean, we all know it Wolverine. Wolverine, obviously. Yes. But which sold the worst? Was it Professor X or Rogue? Which toy is <laughs> the least amount of fun to play with? Well, Rogue come they all come with something, right? Uh-huh. Rogue comes with with her cape and hood that you can put her in. So you can do, you can do rogue going into the bar, the scary lumberjack bar with her robe and her hood on. That's what everyone loved. That's my favorite scene. Yeah. I I think, I think if I was looking at low sales numbers, I would look at toad and I would look at um, mutated Senator Kelly. I know he's got Jean gray sitting right next to him, but still that thing looks kind of scary. I think I'm going to go to eBay and I'm going to try to find the Lady Liberty head uh-huh. and the Senator Kelly. <laughs> and I'm just going to make up my own version of the movie where Senator Kelly or a... mutated Senator Kelly is on top of the Yeah. Where he's fighting Magneto. Uh-huh. That's a great idea. Trevor Bolliger, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. For more comedy about the history of superhero movies, you can go to the blog at superheroeseveryday.com. If you like the show, please leave a review, or you could reach me on Twitter, Facebook, or on the blog. It would be great to hear from you. And please, 
tell the people in your life about this show. No one has ever heard of it. And unless you do something about it, they never, ever will. Here's what's coming up in the next episode. Next week on the podcast, Anthony Strand returns to talk about the 2018 Boy Meets Goo story, Venom. He gets out of bed, haven't had sex with the lady. He drives a motorcycle, loud music playing. They show film clips of him being rebellious. He's late for his first scene. Plus, he's wearing black. This sequence also establishes the movie's very frequent use in the subtitles of the word squelching. <laughs> I always watch movies with the subtitles on, and no movie has ever had squelching. Oh my god, yeah, no, the entire movie is squelching. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah that could have been the title. But there's supposed to be a million of them, according to Venom later on. And I don't know what a million of these of these little slime monsters could even get up to on their They just have a party. Yeah, it's just like, it's goo party all the time. Yeah, it's just it's constant goo party. <laughs> All right, get excited for that. Come back next week for the Superheroes Everyday Podcast. Thanks for listening. Love you. Bye. Do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? same thing that happens to everything else.